0: Welcome to Dragon Talk, everybody. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah.
0: We're very excited (laughs) to have Shelly back.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi. Hi.
1: Happy to be back.
0: Happy to be back to the official Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Very excited. We have a wonderful interview with Aaron Dalla Villa. He made sure to let us know it's like you know, just pronounced like Aaron Dalla Bella. <laughs> he is a uh, wonderful performer, actor, uh, music maker extraordinaire. He has this uh, wonderful video you can watch right now. It's called D Twenty, and it's all about being a tabletop RPG uh, game store. And it's adorable, right?
1: Yeah, inspired by uh, a movie that he has—he's uh, in—that's coming out like right now. Um, Alpha Rift Tribute is the official name of that video. Alpha Rift is the name of the movie, and it sounds so fun. And right up your D and D playing alley.
0: Absolutely. Um, what's the, yeah, the logline here? Is a fan—he he plays Nolan Parthmore, a fanboy turned modern day knight who must accept his destiny to fight supernatural evil. So, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it sounds like something you'd be interested in.
0: <laughs> uh, plus, he's also in a play, uh, a staging of Camelot in the Hamptons in New York, Long right. Island.
1: Not the Bing Hamptons. Uh, don't get it confused. In Is that the what they upstate? call where you
0: grew up? The yeah, that's right.
1: We're the Binghamptons,
0: <laughs>
1: and they're very, lovely.
0: Very richy rich up there too. In
1: the Binghamptons—they <laughs> uh, actually have a really nice Target. <laughs> I mean, which I was is, just there, which is um, uh, you
0: know upper class, if I've ever heard it.
1: It's, but it's like a really big, nice Target. I, I was sort of jealous.
0: Were there any magic cards or D and D products inside Target?
1: I did not there it's very hard to find any trading cards anywhere uh now, magic being no exception. There was no Pokemon, no magic. I did see the essentials kit though. Nice. At, but only one. Um so I'm assuming that's because the the, the good people of Binghampton. Hampton. Ham Binghamton. There's no P. Now I'm saying you can't it, say wrong. it wrong. <laughs> No, I'm saying it wrong. Um, they're probably all out there buying their D&D and, and playing it up. Yeah, they're cool, and, buying they're cool
0: out, like that. and buying out all the Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. Magic cards uh, that are currently flying off shelves. I see people every day on Twitter making sure they get their boosters so that they can get the cards that they want. Uh, there's so many real great throwbacks oh, to D&D so lore in that set. I can't. I can't say enough good things about it.
1: They did an amazing, amazing job. You know what else you might be able to find at, at Target?
0: Perhaps a Nerds candy or two.
1: How did you know?
0: Oh, I knew.
1: Uh, they are out in the wild. They've, they've already been sneaking out. Um, people have been taking pictures of finding the D&D Nerds candy in stores and on shelves. And... Um, In locations that don't look like stores, which makes me think they were purchased, brought home, and then had their photo taken, which warms my heart because there's lots of good um, adventure content to be had. So hold on to those receipts because the promotion doesn't officially start until September 1st, but you're definitely going to want to upload your receipt and download Adventure.
0: Yes, 6 Short adventures. You can play one on one with a DM and one player, and then if you after you do all six of those, which are based on uh, the individual colors of nerds, which all map to a specific D anD D class, um, like purple for the rogue. No, purple was the wizard, right?
1: Yes. Yes. Now I'm like, wait, what? Yes. We're going to get them all
0: wrong. Listen to our interview with Cat Krueger last week. Yeah. Green
1: clovers. I think pink
0: was rogue because of curiosity. Pink is rogue. Yeah. Um, Great fun stuff in there. And then there's a seventh adventure after you unload all six of them uh, to play as a party together and solve the little story that's happening in harmony.
1: Yes. So lots, it's it's wonderful adventure content and you um, can play it with your children. You can play it with uh, your best friend who's never played D&D before. You can play it with your cat. You can play it with anyone because it is very family friendly, very new player friendly, but also really exciting, cool storytelling for any D&D player. So uh, Kat Krueger was our adventure writer with help from um, Adam Lee here at Wizard. So could you think of a better dream team? Really?
0: I mean, nerds and Kat and Adam all together yeah. with tons of folks uh, getting packages of nerds candy all around the D&D community. It's a, it's a recipe for mm. disaster. Wait, no. For mm. success.
1: For deliciousness. For
0: deliciousness. And yeah, everyone should use um, their gummy clusters and or nerds candy as the bad guys in your D&D session. And then once they get destroyed, you eat them.
1: You have to eat them. That's the yeah. only way that they can be destroyed. Exactly. And we've said said this before. Gummy clusters look like beholders. Minus and the eye stocks, but you can add those.
0: The eye stocks can be made out of nerds ropes if you really want to. Go so I'm crazy.
1: basically saying that beholders just look like circles
0: because
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am a true artist. Um, the nerds rope, I like it. That could also make for a good mind flare.
0: That's true, right? Just yep. flay everyone with these with these nerds ropes of candy deliciousness. Let's, um, speaking of weird realms that you can travel into through candy and/or um, delicious treats, yes. the Wild Beyond the Witchlight comes out September twenty first. You'll be uh, able to enter through a carnival, the Witchlight Carnival, into a domain of delight in the Fey Wild. Learn all about what's going on in that specific corner uh, that is called Prismere in that book. Uh, Chris Perkins has been tirelessly working, crafting uh, amazing stories that uh, feel very different from the adventures we've had in recent years, like Frostmaiden uh, and Baldur's Gate Descent to Avernus, to have a wonderful Feywild-themed adventure. We've been talking to everyone uh, who's been working on this on the D&D team, but we also talked to Ari Levitch about some fun lore you should know revolving the etiquette. Of the Feywild uh, that we'd love to listen to before we get to our interview with Aaron.
1: Oh, this is going to be a good one.
0: Welcome to another segment of Lore You Should Know. This is where I talk to a specifically fun person on the D and D team, Ari Levich. Hi, Ari. Hello. It's good to see you again. It's good to see you too. Uh, so yeah, it's been a while since we've done a lore you should know. But just in case you need to know, it is where we talk about a specific part of Dungeons and Dragons lore to know and and enjoy, uh, but also potentially uh, for use in your upcoming D and D sessions. And today, uh, in honor of the Wild Beyond the Witchlight coming out next month, we wanted to talk about. Etiquette in the Feywild uh, in general, but also but more specifically in the small area of Prismere that we're exploring in The Wild Beyond the Witchlight. So, uh, Ari, what can you tell us about the kind of where this idea of the behaviors that you do in the Feywild might be different from those you might experience on the material plane?
2: Yeah, so the Feywild... Uh, is is an odd place, um, especially you know, compared compared to uh, to the, the the material plane. Um, it is the expectations of you know one's behavior in in the Feywild um, differ from domain of delight to domain of delight. So, but what we do know is that in the Feywild itself, there are these kind of weird behavioral quirks that, whether you know it or not, as somebody visiting the Feywild, you are expected to follow. Mm. Like you don't. need... You often don't get the free pass because you're not from around here. But both denizens and visitors to the Feywild are are supposed to adhere to these rules. Now, oftentimes the rules aren't necessarily... Well, the rules might be pretty clearly stated, but the interpretations of those rules might be a little different. So I want to talk about Prismere specifically. This is the, Mm -hmm. the domain of delight that is featured in The Wild Beyond the Witchlight. And the rules of etiquette were established by Zabilna the the uh, the archfey who established this domain and uh Zabilna set down three major rules there's the uh, rule of hospitality ownership and reciprocity okay. and so I'm going to I'll break some of those down but then I want to get into some of the nuances of how these could be interpreted or perhaps misconstrued and you know all the hijinks that can uh, can, can ensue from there.
0: Right. It's almost like a wish spell, how, like, you know, you can you can get what you want, but it may not be exactly what you were expecting.
2: Right. Right. So, the first rule uh, that Zabila s- uh, set down is the rule of hospitality. Mm-hmm. Now, the rule of hospitality is if somebody enters your home, you are supposed to treat them, you know, with hospitality. You are not, you know, you're not supposed to attack somebody in, in your home, and you're supposed to treat them As honored guests, unless they violate the general, they violate your hospitality. If they abuse your hospitality or they Mm. take advantage of it. And then kind of all bets are off. Now, what that means and what might offend a particular fey fey denizen, we don't know. So, for example, if you are, um, you might be enjoying uh, some tea in a, in a, in a, in a Fey household. And if you perhaps maybe spill a little bit of your tea by accident, or you put your cup down in the wrong spot, like that might be a violation. So there are these kind of weird off-kilter um, interpretations of what hospitality means or what it could mean. Um, and you know, you, you always as somebody visiting the Fay Wild, you know, you want to be uh, cognizant of the fact that you that the rules that you the way that you think the rule is is meant to be read might be a little bit different but there is always the rule of hospitality and so part of the the joy of playing in in the in the Feywild or DMing for an adventure in the Feywild is being able to play with what these these rules actually mean to the particular fey denizens that are there
0: i see so are there ways that uh, some fae get around that by uh, getting around this law of hospitality or rule of hospitality by, you know, uh, 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 filling the teacup up all the way. And so it's impossible not to spill it. But, oh, you broke the rule, so now I can stab you and take Perhaps, your stuff.
2: yeah. There, there, are, there are some... Just because citizens live in this uh, domain of delight and they adhere to these rules um, in their own way doesn't mean that they, they won't try to get other people to to uh, to violate them or commit some sort of, you know, social faux pas or things like that. Absolutely. You're going to have mischievous ones. You're going to have ones that are, are going to try to throw roadblocks in your way. Mm-hmm. Um, so on top it's of like that, insurance companies. <laughs> I don't know. Is
0: it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, you didn't do this the right way, so we can't pay out or, you know, whatever. And you didn't yeah. know.
2: Yeah. Um, in Prismere, Prismere while Zabilna is the one who set down these these rules, she's kind of MIA, MIA, right, MIA right now. And so those rules are still in place because they're part of the fabric of the Domain of Delight. Mm. But how the, the hags that are now kind of running the domain in her stead have kind of carved up the domain into their own little splinter realms. And each hag kind of adheres to these rules in their own way. And so the idea of hospitality might vary from one of these splinter realms to splinter realms. Like I see. The things that might, you know, uh, get on uh, Bavlorna, who's one of the hags, might get on her nerves is very different than what, what you get on Scabatho's nerves or might, might violate that, that, the terms of hospitality there.
0: Do you have to be invited in to an abode in order to have to follow the rules of hospitality?
2: Not necessarily, but once you are there, you're supposed to be protected by it, um, or you until until you violate whatever terms those are. Right. So uh, yeah, invitation is not nece- is not a prerequisite.
0: Okay. I w- I'm um, also reminded of uh, uh, you know that idea in uh, the works of George R. 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 Martin, right, where you have to have like you know if you share bread and salt with uh, a host, that means that you have guest privileges, right? And it's almost it's, it's similar to that, but there's no. Need to exchange uh, uh, or be served in order to to follow under that, right?
2: That's right. I mean, a lot of these things. I mean, in terms of all of these laws, or anytime we talk about, you know, the Wild and these kind of quirky uh, rules of etiquette, um, they're drawing upon folklore, and you know, yeah. a lot of the you know, a lot of uh, folklore is about kind of lessons on how on how people should live, you know, day to day, and so. You know these kind of in in, in this case, you know, hospitality, ownership, and reciprocity. These are basically how do you conduct yourself with other with other individuals. And so, yeah, you're going to notice that a lot of a lot of the things that's like you know show up in you know um, the Game of Thrones series are drawing on a lot of the same concepts of how do you behave in a society with other people. Mm. And the fun part about the Feywild is often what happens. Those are all the cautionary tales when you violate those things, right? That's what happens with you know Fey and. kind of just mischievous uh, folklore creatures. It's just like, yeah, those that violate it, they're the ones that kind of get their comeuppance. In, in,
0: if in. you okay, if you do violate it, is there any way to uh make good or to uh, apologize and, or or do something in order to to regain that that protection?
2: Not there's not like a formal way in in Prismere of just like uh if you know how do you how do you make amends in you know in the eyes of the domain or in the eyes of the arch That's not really uh, that's not really clearly defined. So it might fall to the individual fay. Mm. You know who the 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 offend uh, the the one who is offended may be the one to set those terms, and it may, they may be harsh terms. And if it's a particularly powerful Fey, you may want to make sure you you know you make good on that. So yeah, and that's one of the things. Like the Feywild wild is such an interesting place because it can go from how, how quickly you can go from something that feels innocuous and adorable and quirky to erratic or dangerous, right? There is this. There is that kind of sense of, you know, perhaps you're not sure if you're stepping where you shouldn't and you don't know all the rules here or you don't know all the ins and outs of the rules. You only have about 60% of what you think you should be doing. And so there is this kind of precarious nature to even just navigating the Wild and the people within the Feywild.
0: wild, Yeah and i like that i mean as a dungeon master the way you're describing this i feel like this is such a great way to do a weird absurd plot hook right like oh you you offended uh the fae's uh sense of hospitality so now you have to go do x y and z in order to make it up to them or you'll be destroyed right and it's like this right. weird oh i'm on this whole quest because i spilled tea it just seems so right and it's a weird side
2: quest yeah and it like it you can be pulled in different directions uh and you can there's so much that a DM can take here and develop parts of parts of the Feywild um, and create yeah just these interesting Fey creatures with their own with their own quirks you know that right. there's something about that that's really uh, fascinating and going through the wild beyond the witchlight and the adventure gives so many examples of how to approach it.
0: Cool. All right. Well, what about the the next rule, the rule of uh, ownership?
2: Yeah, the rule of ownership. So um, essentially, it boils down to don't take what's not yours, right? Oh. And so, I mean, it's it's pretty clear. Um, you know, you don't want to. You don't want to. You, you, you can't take things. Like, whether it's whatever it is, you're not supposed to steal it unless it has been offered. Um, mm-hmm. There is this sense of ownership, and bear in mind that the things that a fae creature might find valuable or claim ownership over. Also, might be weird and quirky. So you might have the one that collects. I collect buttons or whatever. Yep. And so if you if you take one of my buttons, like you know that's my prized button. You know you better be (laughs) careful, like that kind of a thing. And so even the concept of ownership, and not just objects, they might have the sense of ownership over, over an an emotion, or Mm. you know you as as a as a visitor to the Feywild might have things that are. Incorporeal, you might have memories that people might want to take, and so, you know, these laws are are there to guard guard also guard um, visitors from being uh, uh, having their their things stolen by brigands in 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 the Feywild. Now, here's the thing: when Zabilno was active as the Archfey in her domain, she adhered to these rules strictly. And therefore, everybody had to adhere to those rules in her arch domain strictly. In her absence, the the hags kind of vary in terms of their commitment to adhering to these rules and their interpretation of that. Um, so, if there are brigands that are you know taking things, or if there are, you know if there is a thief that is stealing, it might necessarily it might be on at the hags' behest that they are doing it. And so there is this constant there's this especially when the hags themselves see their individual realms as theirs that they own those realms and therefore everything that is in those realms. And so again so much of this is about the interpretation and the you know and um the ability of uh, of the particular archway who has set these rules to to uh to enforce them.
0: What about um you know, th- uh, you said innocuous things could be thought of as stealing. Like, so if you were to uh, uh, take a drink from a stream, you know, then would something like that be stealing from the spirit of that stream or, you know, the ruler of the domain? And that would be enough to be, say you're violating mm-hmm. this this law? That is, that is space for a DM to play for sure. Um,
2: it's something that, like, you can get bogged down in it. You know, if you're just like going to start making cataloging everything and, you know, every, but that's a fun thing. If, if you have, if you're a DM and your party, you know, the, your your players, the characters are just, you know, they, they're trying to look for a place to rest and, you know, they try to take a sip from this river and, yeah, this river spirit says, hey, hey, hey whoa, 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 what you doing kind of thing. Like that, that could be, that's a fun interaction. That's a, a fun place to introduce an NPC. You might have somebody, you know, kind of just, Standing around and you might have a smaller fey creature say, hey, you're stealing my sunlight, you know, like, you know, that kind of thing. You're in my, like, this is my spot. You're stealing my sunlight. And so you can have all sorts of fun ways that this can be interpreted or not. Or you can play it much more strictly. It's about objects. It's about it's about things that can be contained like a memory or, you know, you might you might steal. You could steal like perhaps the the color from somebody's eyes. Right. Mm. Things like that. Um, characteristics. And so, the, as a DM, you can play with those types of things. And as a player, you can latch onto that. And then you can also, the moment you start getting this sense of how the world works here, how the rules of this world work, you can also start taking advantage of these things right. and start kind of playing that. And that's a fun way to show that you are kind of acclimating to the Feywild. So, I, I think that that's a fun... These rules allow players to take a place that seems outlandish and so different and then get this kind of sense of mastery as they go through, as they go through the adventure.
0: And is it the type of thing uh, where an NPC or a fake creature could be like, you're doing, you know, you're violating this rule because you're taking something from me. And then the players could be like, well, what, you violated this from me, you know. And the thing that the example that came to my mind was like, oh, you're taking my time by by doing this and that's you're stealing that and so I say that you're violating my thing and then having that interaction is enough for the fae to be like okay you you do belong here.
2: Yeah, I think you've you've nailed you you've hit on exactly what is fun about this and I think or what can be fun about it. And um I think yeah, I think there's a lot of opportunities to play with how to work work the rules to your advantage but also creating characters that have figured out their own little niche way to work those rules.
0: Yeah. Um, that's cool stuff. I love that, and I love the idea of memories being stolen, or or, or experiences, uh, you know, or, or colors. Like you said, like you know, I could I can imagine a fae if you if a, a a player character has like a scarf that's red, and then a, a, a fae being like, "That's my color, red. You can't wear that, and you're you know, you're stealing that from me. That's my shade. Bright. That Bright. I, I've killed everybody else in this world that has that shade of red, and it's mine. And you have it now and uh, that type of absurdity is uh, uh, where these where these all come from. Yeah, Aren't... and I I,
2: th- and I think that yeah, I just the memorable interactions that this sets up, I think is just limitless. And uh, yeah, I, I I'm excited to to run to run this and just to run adventures here, whether it's going through uh, the adventure of uh, the wild beyond the witchlight, or just kind of playing little one shots in the Feywild itself. I I think it's it's going to be, uh, yeah. I'm going to have a ton of fun with it. Remains it's going to be, to be cool. seen if my players will. Yeah. Uh,
0: thir- so, the third law, what was the third rule uh, that you wanted to go over?
2: Yeah. So, this is the, the rule of reciprocity. Mm. This is the idea that if you are presented with a gift, um, you are supposed to return that, return a gift, not return the gift you were given, but exchange it for a gift that is seen kind of of equivalent value. Mm. And this goes again to, uh, it plays to this idea that, um, you might not know that you've been given a gift. So, right, if somebody kind of offers you tea or offers—I mean, the idea of what constitutes a gift is kind of up for grabs to a degree, or up to an upper, up to interpretation, and um, also what is considered valuable as an exchange. So, you know, you might you might offer gold, and that particular uh, Fey creature finds gold just. Reprehensible, mm. and they might like they instead they would they would rather have um, you know your ability to smile like that <laughs> like ah you have a great smile I want that and they'll they might take that um, or they might that's the thing that they find valuable or they might find um, you know the last crumbs from 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 a sandwich the most valuable these are the choicest morsels is that are the final crumbs. But but discovering what those things are is part of the joy of navigating uh, the, the wild so hospitality ownership and reciprocity these are the fixed rules in prismere not necessarily all of the Fay wild adheres to this but these are you know specifically for prismere but the interpretation of those is where the fun role-playing uh, opportunities come in yeah. and the potential for danger uh, if these are violated
0: yeah that was going to be my next question so like if violating these What's the consequences? Like, is it does that change from fey to fey, or is there yeah. a set kind of like, okay, well, you didn't give me a gift, so I now can steal from you whatever I want? How, it, how does that work?
2: It, that's definitely it that varies from fey creature to fey creature,
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, especially because in Zabilna's absence, like, there's no kind of uh, you know great uh, arbiter of, of how to how to kind of meet out justice, and so no place to take these grievances, really. And so, yeah, it's kind of up to these fae. And some might just be offended and be like, oh, I was going to help you, but I'm not going to anymore. And they might just be on their way. They might deliberately get you lost or turned around. They might try to cause you harm if you know if they find the offense was was great enough to do so. Um, yeah, but the idea of leading astray is probably the most fae thing possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that it, it is open to interpretation uh, or it's open, sorry, the... The re- the reaction varies from fey to fey for sure.
0: So there's not one that's more like if you do this, it's death. It's it's more what what what? How can they use this interpretation of these rules in order to gain uh, uh, some kind of benefit for them? Yep.
2: And and different fey creatures might prioritize these three differently, mm. right? Or they might just be doing the bare minimum because that's what they're supposed to do here. So like even the the degree to which they're attached to these things might might vary from fey to fey. But they, the 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 universal thing is that all Fey creatures know that these things exist, and so there is kind of this. There's this joy about you know being outsiders to the fey wild and discovering these things for yourself, while everybody around you already kind of knows how this works. And uh, yeah, of course, this is how you do it. The, you know, there's there are the rules of hospitality, ownership, and reciprocity. Like, come on, like get with get with the program, kind of concept. And so,
0: do they? So would Faye assume you know these things, or would they uh attempt to educate you if they know that you are an outsider?
2: I think that's a fine question. Um, I think most Faye would work under the assumption that that you you know what's up, that, you know, that you know what this is. Now, if they discover that you don't know what it is, you know, that opens to be, you know, opens the opportunity for them to take advantage of that or to be helpful. Not all Fey creatures are there to get you turned around. Some mm-hmm. are genuinely helpful, and they you know they have this kind of exuberance that you expect with, you know in the Fey wild. But there are those that are just jerks in the most Fey in the most Fey way possible.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Do they refer to it as as the way we've been referring to it, like as this is the rule of reciprocity, or do they just say you give gift, I give gift? That's how it works. Or like yeah, how how do Fey themselves refer to these? this etiquette
2: in the in prismir most fey I, I mean obviously there are always exceptions but i think most fey have a direct understanding of the three the three rules
0: but they wouldn't say like you have violated my rule of hospitality necessarily
2: uh they might uh, i i, I I'm, being, I'm being cagey about this because like those are tools that a dm can use if if they if the players need that kind of extra push of like what's going on here that's something that a dm can deploy right they can I be see. more direct in, ter- in talking about it but they don't have to be you know if the players are having fun kind of being lost in this kind of you know alice in wonderlandy type experience they can hold that information back so but as long as the character as long as the npcs are kind of adhering to those things the players will get a grasp of what those things are but so i think it's fun to play kind of get a gauge of how much your your players need that information or how much fun they're having kind of in this nebulous kind of state.
0: And I could see that like some fake creatures who are more uh, learned in their mode of speech would call it what it is and, and use words like reciprocity and things like that, whereas right. some wouldn't, you know.
2: Right, right. Or just like, or not care. They might kind of say the word wrong or whatever, you know. You know. <laughs> You know like yeah you know the one uh, the receiving rule or whatever you know or whatever oh, it the receiving is like,
0: rule I like that yeah that yeah seems like exactly very they're fey. like oh yeah that's
2: my favorite rule I get stuff you know like <laughs> and so you could play with that as well I just think that how you deploy these rules and how you interpret them and even how the the denizens talk about them is just so rich in how to give the aFAy wild experience to your players.
0: Cool. Yeah, I, I I really like that idea of, of of each fae having maybe different names or ways of of referring to these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like the the gift giving game, but it's not a game. It's you have to actually do it, or That's you know, right. You're, you're violating. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you either win the game or you know get your knees broke. You know, like
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> or you get a white elephant gift, and it's actually yeah. a white elephant.
2: Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to play like, at your table. I want you to run one of these <laughs>
0: yeah. I just want I just want to be able to hand someone here 's the white elephant you actually mm-hmm. got now, and then you yeah. get crushed under it. Um, super fun all right, awesome. well, I love uh the difference of this you know it feels similar to the way we were talking about Avernus and how contracts work with devils um but completely. Different and absurd, and I like the 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 comparison to Alice in Wonderland, right? That kind of like lost and not knowing, and part of the fun of these types of sessions set in 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 the Feywild and in the wild beyond the Wishlight will be about discovering those things.
2: I just want to say, like that was something we were actually pretty aware of, you know, going into it. We didn't want rules and these rules of exchange and all this kind of stuff that that is kind of built into a lot of Fey folklore. We knew we wanted to drive a pretty you know thick wedge between that and the way contracts in Avernus work. Right? We didn't want them to feel the same. And there's this kind of sense of the particular with contracts, right? right. Of the minutiae of you have to read the fine print, you know, you, you you know, you're dealing in souls, and there's this magnitude that comes with that. And then the Feywild, Wild, this casual sense of existing in the Feywild, Wild, you're kind of participating in deals just by being there right by entering a home by talking with you know with with the denizens there just as these actions themselves you find yourself already kind of wrapped up in kind of these this fey etiquette and you're yeah you're kind of bound to that to a degree or as much as you want to you know uh put yourself in peril by not you know it's but, but i we we liked that kind of the difference in approaches to the, those two aspects.
0: Right, right, and I think that's a great way to explain it. Like contracts are about the 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 known uh, rules and how they can't be changed, and the Feywild is about the interpretation of those rules and yeah, how that yeah. can vary from from entity to entity.
2: Yeah, and it's malleable, and the other one is so rigid and fixed. And so yeah. that's a that's also a nice palette cleanser. If you've been in a furnace and you're going over to you know to the yeah. Feywild, it's like oh oh this. This is very different and maddening in a different kind of way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, that's super cool stuff. I can't wait for uh, more D and D fans to get into the Wild Beyond the Witchlight when it releases on September 21st. Uh, very exciting, and we'll learn more about it as we get closer to it. Thank you, Ari, for coming on and, and talking through this. That um, oh, was I, a pleasure. I, I now I feel like I have to give you a gift, uh, <laughs> so I will give you this coffee cup mug. All right, and I will it collect. It actually that. looks like a little fae. Right? <laughs> it does. <laughs> it does. It's good. Awesome. How can people uh, find out uh, about you and what you're doing, and perhaps give you some gifts?
2: Um, I am at Ari Levitch on Twitter, and beyond that, I'm kind of have a uh, hermit existence. Um, <laughs> As many uh, of us that, do now. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. So
0: <laughs> awesome, cool. All right, well, give Ari a follow, follow, and we'll be back with more segments next week. All
2: right. Talk Thanks. to you later. Bye, everybody.
0: How great is all that fun stuff?
1: Oh, I cannot wait to go
0: to the Feywild. You'll be able to learn so much more about what's happening in the weeks coming up to this release, but also at D&D Celebration right after, where we've got tons of gaming, lots of exploration, panels... Way more fun stuff for the D&D books that are coming out in the months to come. Oh, yes. There's a lot to celebrate for this event, right?
1: There is a lot to celebrate. And we will be celebrating our wonderful D&D community. Lots of your fan favorites are going to be there um, showing off whatever, like playing D&D. Uh, being part taking part of, of panels, talking about things that are important and interesting to all of you, it's also an opportunity for you to play some D anD D. The epic is coming back. You Yay. need to go sign up, get your tickets, gather your adventuring party, or not. Just show up because we're providing dungeon masters. You can just provide yourself. Just find Hang a out. table on whatever platform you like, and just play all weekend
0: hang out on the D&D Discord, uh, talk to everyone who's enjoying it, and then, yeah, find, find a session and jump in, or just listen to all the amazing content that we'll have going on during that weekend. Uh, it is probably DungeonsAndDragons.com is the best place to find that, slash D&D Celebration. Uh, and there will be even more D&D Celebration uh, news coming out in the weeks to come of what to expect.
1: Oh, yes. And there will be lots of, of good things. You will be excited. I cannot wait.
0: I cannot wait to talk to Aaron Dalla Villa.
1: Yes. I got questions.
0: I've got I bet he's got answers.
1: I bet he does too.
0: All right. Well, let's uh, give a little listen to him. Okay. Everyone, let's welcome Aaron Dalla Villa to the podcast. Yay! Hey, what's up? <laughs> Very excited. Uh, to have you here, you are an actor, an entertainer, uh, uh, you know, uh, a tap dancer. I saw in some. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> so, wait, 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 where did you find tap dancing? <laughs> Maybe
0: not tap dancing, but definitely some some awesome <laughs> yeah. moves. The yeah.
1: dance training was definitely evident in your music video. I shall oh, say word! Yeah, I've got a, I've got a couple moves up my my sleeve, you know, a couple <laughs> moves, couple moves.
0: Yeah. very exciting and you've been playing dungeons and dragons uh yeah
3: yeah I have. so yeah.
0: that's the context of this of course your video uh d20 is very uh you know D and gaming and tabletop themed uh but yeah you've been playing uh some games right
3: yeah absolutely i'm currently in a campaign uh, Icewind Dale. uh that's what we're doing the rhyme of the frost maiden with uh, the rest of the alpha rift cast we play every monday night actually Oh, how's that been going? going? Yeah, it's going great. It's going great. I play a half orc barbarian called Colin Half Fist. You know, he just likes to rage and smash things and stuff. So, learning to be a little more tactical, (laughs) you know. (laughs) But luckily, one of our uh um castmates is a druid, so she's I'm learning different sides, but uh, we're having a blast actually. Yeah, we almost died the other day, which was really scary. We had a really scary avalanche situation, but I actually. Dug my axe into, uh, and I had the rest of the team attached via rope, and I rolled a d twenty in the moment to save the team.
1: No way! Yeah,
3: it was a clutch moment. It was really scary, and I was like, "Come on, come on, come on!" And literally, everyone kept failing, kept failing, and all of a sudden, I rolled it d twenty. I literally lost my stuff. Literally, it was it was an awesome moment. Yeah.
1: Fun fact: the code name for "Rime of the Frost Maiden." was Avalanche.
2: Hey!
1: (laughs) We knew that would happen.
3: It was was, was absolutely exhilarating, you know, because you're in those moments where you're like, oh, man, we're getting killed here. We're getting crushed. And then you have those comeback moments, and it's just so great. It does feel good. good.
1: I also love when people name pets Mm -hmm. and D&D characters names like Colin. Or you know, Ted. I Ted. just I love I just like a like a dog named Mike. I just <laughs> I just yeah. love. Not everything has to be so <laughs> uh,
3: you know, uh, you know, pretentious, you know. The names right. don't have to they can be pretty basic and that's yeah. okay.
1: You don't need to have many syllables and lots of apostrophes to be a good D&D <laughs> character.
3: No, no, no. I feel like that at that point you're just kind of trying too hard. <laughs> You know, let the rules speak for themselves, man. Let the role speak for itself. You know. Oh my gosh. Maybe
0: if Colin is spelled with like you know uh, uh, a some K H. or yeah, some, yeah. Right. Yeah.
3: K H A K A <laughs> H L I N. Yeah. Yes. Colin. No. He's a simple C O L I N. Colin, <laughs> Colin Halfas, simple
0: guy. That's why he's so angry.
3: Yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Why wasn't a name with
1: a K? <laughs> <laughs> I can't find my name on a pencil anywhere. Yeah. So frustrating.
0: So how long have you been yeah. in this uh, Frostmaiden campaign? About a, a couple of months yeah. or –
3: yeah, a couple months, actually. I was on a couple months, and I just guested uh, on another D&D podcast for three weeks, actually. I played another Barbarian of that, and that one was based off of one of my favorite characters, God of War, Kratos. Nice. So, yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah, we've been playing for a couple months now, and uh, it's going great. I, I love it, and it's a great time for us to, you know, stay in touch as a cast, you know, get all the inside scoop of what's going on with the movie. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, so... Alpha Rift sounds um, exactly like the kind of no. film where the cast would be playing D anD D together. No,
3: what are you <laughs> talking about? No, you know, some you know supernatural medieval modern day knights can- taking over demons. No, not at all. Not weird,
1: at all. weird how that happens.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's really weird, really serendipitous almost. Uh, that that whole <laughs> process that came about because. I'm actually doing a production of Camelot right now, where I'm actually playing a knight as well. I'm oh. playing the evil. I'm playing the evil son of King Arthur, Mordred, right now, mm-hmm. uh, over in East Hampton. And I'm like, I'm getting all this knight stuff and this supernatural stuff, and I'm like, oh, this is really cool. You know, it's weird. I actually had dreams about being in movies like this before they happen. What? Yeah, yeah. I had a dream about being an Alfariff before it happened. Like I had a dream that I'd be a knight in something. And I start seeing weird things like in the script, weird little lines and stuff. And I'm like, huh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's crazy. I'm, I'm not oh. kidding. I, I'm not kidding. Like I had visions of doing King Arthur uh, a play before I did it. Like literally I had a vision of uh, me being on stage opposite King Arthur. And then I ended up booking that. Interesting. it's like the
1: opposite of manifesting like you're you're already seeing the end result as opposed to like visualizing it so that it does happen like it like your mind is already this is happening that's
3: cool yeah yeah it's I've had some weird psychic moments in my career so far I'm, I'm not even I'm not even joking I've had some weird stuff yeah
0: beyond well, these beyond these premonition dreams that you've had
3: yeah 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 and literally like I remember this me and this one girl not to get too off track but like uh me and this one girl when we got together our energy was so kinetic that we started literally manifesting stuff that we spoke of and we were, like we were like talking about tarot card and all of a sudden boom there was like one that we passed by on the street you know what i mean like it started stuff like that started happening and i've been worked i've worked with psychics before and i've worked with reiki people and stuff who would bring me energetically up to that level and when you are operating on that level because most of the world operates on a very low frequency you start to see things, you can really manifest things. I really believe in all of that. I have crystals, I have all that stuff.
0: I like so that you, stuff too. You were primed uh to star in a uh a movie like this then and to play D D. A
3: hundred percent. hundred percent. I was I was primed for all this stuff. You know, it's funny because I wasn't allowed to play D and D growing up. No. Like Greg, I, Greg can a, relate. You know, I did. Yeah. You grow up in a very Christian environment. You know, yeah, very, and like, very
0: Catholic. Very much I, like that's the devil. You're going to be calling forth the devil because you're using devils in your game.
3: Right, exactly. And you know what's funny is all I play devils now. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> all <laughs> tieflings I all the right time. That's you, you manifest. Right. right. Uh, actually, we have a tiefling ranger in our in – our, uh, And you're like, my
0: mom would be so mad if she knew Dude, you were playing
3: <laughs> – I, I spoke to her – listen, I love my parents and stuff, but I wasn't allowed to read Harry Potter. I'm a big fan of Harry Potter now. I wasn't allowed – I was taught D&D is the devil. I play D&D now. You know, I'm starring in roles that are, you know – you know, bad people and, mm-hmm. and good people. Luckily, I play the hero in Alpha Rift, but the one I'm playing right now, Mordred, you know, he's very deceptive and cunning. And uh, it's 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 interesting how how that works out. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Well, and to yeah. me, it was always strange because, you know, in most of the, the, the games that you're playing D&D, you're the good people. You're trying to defeat evil.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And just because there's evil in the story doesn't mm-hmm. mean you should shun it uh you know even the the lot that logic doesn't even like follow through it's more like you are uh trying to be the good in this world just like you are in the in you know in the in the christian belief system right so it never made any sense to me uh in that way it was just more of like you know this fiction is wrong. It's not the right fiction. You should read the Bible, which is the right fiction.
3: <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's it's all, uh, I just see it as a means of control. You know, yeah. it's a means of controlling people and keeping them from thinking critically and rising to, like I said, a higher state of consciousness. I which really is most D&D that.
0: players are in that higher state of consciousness.
3: I, they're, they're incredibly smart. You know, yeah. all the D&D people I've met are incredibly smart. And uh, yeah, yeah.
0: That's cool. Well, I'm glad you're playing it now and getting into it. Uh, yeah, you know. I'm
3: excited. I'm really in it now. You know, like and and I've and I've and it's it's like a secret club almost because when D20 came out, uh, we were interviewed by this radio station, not radio station, TV station in Philadelphia, the filler, and mm-hmm. then all these D and D people started coming out. Like it's like a secret club, they and all do. of a sudden we were like we were like and he and then he and we show up to the studio and he's wearing his D and D shirt and we're literally like. Oh, we've got fans. ever like they like they're all around. You know what I mean? Like I found out my best friend plays D anD. d I started having people on Facebook hit me up and be like, "Yo, Loki, I'm into D anD. d a campaign <I> <laughs> like we're doing this like we're doing a secret drug deal or something. You know? Oh, like, that's awesome. It, yeah. It's so
1: funny. Look, I have uh, I gave my my brother mm-hmm. and his partner um D anD. t-shirts for Christmas mm-hmm. one year. Like they don't play D anD. d, but. Oh, I just was home last week, and one of them was wearing their D and D shirt. I'm like, it just looks so funny on you because I know like you're not a D and D person, and he was like. I can't wear this out in public because people keep stopping me and they want to talk about it and I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> right. It, it like It's like, uh, it's so, and I bet they're stopping
3: him and they're like, oh my God, do you play as well? Yeah, right? it's like
1: really excited it, about it. Isn't
3: that an interesting dynamic that when you're an adult, D&D's cool, but back in high school, like if you played D&D, you were a dork or a You loser would never. Yeah, you would hide right. your d You would hide that. And now in l- adult life, it's cool. It I
0: think else? that's been a, this weird... It's not just adults. I think it's this trend of of, of people really uh, embracing the role-playing game genre. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, fantasy you know, and, and fantasy,
1: too. And fantasy in
0: general. I mean, you mentioned Harry Potter. I think Lord of the Rings movies uh, by Peter Jackson did a lot to normalize uh, this type of fandom. And we're seeing the benefits of it now, right? You know, ever since... Fifth edition came out in twenty fourteen. Just more and more people are getting into it. I keep hearing anecdotally that young, you know, people in college are playing it. He's like, oh, yeah. I can't like, you know, walk into a dorm room without somebody either, you know, having some dice or or asking me to play D anD. d
3: Yeah, and I love how progressive the fifth edition is as well. Like really progressive. I was like the different characters and the genders, and I was like, wow! Like I was I was blown away, and I was really impressed by that.
0: Absolutely, yeah. No, that's been a big part of trying to appeal to as many groups as possible, right? Like, there's people who love this type of fantasy play in all walks of life, all backgrounds, and it's been a big, uh, you know, tenet of the D&D design team to try to make sure and show those characters uh, uh, playing together. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, I was kind of joking about Alpha Rift being the kind of of film where the cast, of course, would play d <laughs> together, but so... Do you think as, you know, an actor and a and d player that, like, it kind of feels like it's not the worst group exercise to have a, a group of people who are going to be working together and so closely for, you know, a limited amount of time together to really use D&D kind of as a way to bond or, you it's, know, it's, kind of it's fast fantastic. forward the friendship development.
3: It's fantastic. I I wish... I mean I mean I'm working on a theater show right now and I wish that the cast was more bonded. I wish mm. we kind of were more of a force, a unit and stuff. Cause it was a very stressful process getting the show together in two weeks. It's a full on production. Two weeks, jeez. Uh, yeah, literally. <laughs> it's a full-on production with dancing and singing and all this stuff. And it's great. It's a great show. But I think we could take things to a deeper level and get to understand each other even more through playing games like this, these role-playing games and stuff, because then you start to see people's personality by the characters they pick and the actions they take. And I've learned so much about my cast members from doing that with Alpha Rift. And I wish I had done that with um, other people. Characters. I actually did that with um. I did this other movie called Pledge, and one of the actors in there, Zachary Bird, he's big into D and D, and he said, "Can we do a pledge themed D and D thing?" And I was down to do it, you know. So I played a. Uh, I believe I played a rogue. Yeah, like I was okay, I was, and then I was like, "Oh, this is this is really fun. I really enjoy this." Some of the other cast members were like, oh man. but like I was as you can clearly see like okay well he's not in it well that's fine but uh I was I was really down to play it and I think that's a great exercise um For getting to know other people and also team building, because you have to work as a team. Yeah. Unless you're a a jerk. So, you know, (laughs) like, which you can be in the game. It's you, you have free range to try and kill your teammates if you want, but that's, you know, but no one's going to like
0: like you. And after that, no
3: one will like you. Like, literally, yeah. yeah.
0: You won't get invited back to the, uh, to the gaming table, let alone the movie <laughs> or the craft service table
3: <laughs> nope, and you'll most likely have to provide snacks at the next meetup, so yeah,
0: for sure so, yeah. I love that i love I want more uh small productions uh, or big productions to do uh you know team building around uh the cast yeah. with the d and d
3: I wonder if you know the d and d movie they're gonna make the cast do that, you know what I mean like mm, they, I sh- they should they should well. <laughs>
1: Should. More on that later.
0: They're rolling some dice as we speak <laughs> they're roll, right
2: now. They're,
3: they're rolling some uh, dice with casting. And,
0: uh, oh, no. Chris right. Pine just rolled a 20, I, I heard, so we're good.
1: <laughs> okay, word, <laughs> word, You, work, you work, heard, work. like, from the <laughs> from the next room over. He's actually there at Greg's house right now. It's
0: true, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you mentioned D20, the, the awesome song uh, and music video. Uh, you were inspired to make that because of playing with uh, your cast members yeah. in Alphanriff? Yeah.
3: Yeah, literally, I was so um, just had so much fun playing that role that I was playing with this idea of who Nolan Parthmer is. He runs this game store in New Jersey that literally we went to this. If you ever go in in Jersey, there's this game store called Tiki Tiki Games. They have every game you can imagine.
1: It looked like that was where you filmed that video. Yeah, Yeah, I was going to ask where that was.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that's one of the main locations in um, the movie, actually, as well. And and. It's got every game you imagine. And literally, I was so taken aback by this character. I said i got to create a song because that's a lot what I do. I just shot a movie with uh, someone who's on Game of Thrones, James Faulkner, and I was so impressed by the character that I came to the producers. I said, hey, can I make his music? Because he plays a musician in the movie, and they said, okay. So I helped collaborate with the musician uh, who's doing the score, and now I have two songs that are going to be in that movie. Oh, I was Thank you, thank you. But I'm, I'm so taken aback by these characters that I fall in love with them, and I say, we have to do something. And then so Dan was like, and little did I know that one of my cast members who plays the tiefling ranger, Grand Wolf, who actually plays my, like, we we butt heads in the movie, but we're actually best friends uh, outside of the movie. It's funny how that works. Mm -hmm. Um, He's like Dr. Dre. Like, he's an amazing producer, music producer. So he wrote this sick beat for me, and it it just was born from there. And then I was on the subway, and I was thinking about the chorus i was like that's it you know what i mean and then uh just laid it down in my apartment and we mixed and mastered it and put it out there and dan was like i love it let's shoot the video I said, it's so
1: funny i love how you're when you become really inspired by something you write music well, like, it it was, for.
3: <laughs> thank you it also came out as a result of the pandemic you know, like the pandemic hit and the industry, TV and film was shut down. I luckily got into voiceover work. So I auditioned for voiceover stuff and animation. I've done a couple commercials and stuff and I've been in a video game and stuff. And uh, I also find a lot of people who do D&D do voiceover as well. Yeah. You look at it. Look at those people from Critical Role. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And uh, I got into music and I said, I got to stay creative somehow. So I said, you know, I was in a boy band at one time before it, you know, fell off and broke away. Why don't I use that and see what I can do solo? So then I just started putting out all these raps that I had in my head already. And it's amazing how it's actually brought attention. You know what I mean? Like the D20 Alpha Rift Tribute, the video is on its way to 100,000 streams, I mean views. It's got 93,000 views on YouTube right now. And uh, it's on the Dances with Films Spotify right now, where Alpharip's is going to be premiering at the end of this month. So it's really well, cool. You put it, you put the work out there, and just keep putting it out there, and eventually something will hit.
0: That's yeah. true. That's what I tell Probably. a lot of people when they're trying to figure out like, how do I get into the game industry or how do I get into Hollywood? I'm like, I don't know, but just you just
3: do it. Like do it. even it's, I guarantee like, sure. Maybe and this is such a weird industry you'll have, maybe you'll put something out there and it hits and then you won't have anything for years, yeah you know, or maybe you put something out for 10 years and it doesn't hit, then you do one thing and all of a sudden, boom. So you just have to be relentless and just keep trying things, keep trying things and just put it out there. Like, uh, Adam Danoff, who's our DM, and he's also was our stunt coordinator on uh, Alpha Rift. He's putting out a new game for himself. Oh, nice! Uh, which is a card game that's based on fencing, and it's raised ten thousand dollars. Oh, sweet! Yeah, he just put it out there. His goal was to raise two grand off Aww. a Kickstarter, and he ended up raising ten grand. I mean, you have an idea, put it out there. So, yeah. on that note, Alpha Rift the Game,
0: coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> All <right. laughs> You're like, I'm already designing it.
3: But
1: we're already working on it, man. We're I've
3: already I've got the music it.
0: behind it already. I've got
1: the music behind <laughs>
0: it. You know it.
1: <laughs> awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the video, the song, everything is, it's so fun. It's great. Have you noticed, um, like, uh, just being surrounded by the D&D community? Have they just embraced you they their loving
3: yeah, Luke, got, Luke Gygax actually <laughs> oh. played it for Garycon. Oh, nice. oh my god! Yes, yeah, several times during Garycon, I sent it. I know someone who knows him, so I sent it over and I said, "Hey, do you think he would like this?" And then he said, "I, I love this. Can I play this for Garycon?" I said, "Oh my god, absolutely!" You know what I mean? They've totally they've totally embraced it. I even have people on YouTube who are like. Wasn't a fan of this song, but then I started listening to it more, and it was great. Or another person who was like, yeah, I was watching a video on Russ, and I just, every time this pops up, I have to watch the full thing because I think it's so awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm in your brain now. It, it does. <laughs> yeah. It's
1: very, very catchy,
3: for it's sure. It's an earworm,
0: yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yep. A purple yep. earworm. <laughs> <Yes>. uh, <laughs> good, one.
1: good one, Greg. Uh,
0: uh, I can make it in yeah, yeah, D&D. It yeah.
1: Hey, hey.
3: Yeah. Oh, oh i love man. that you know
0: over the course of this uh, uh interview i think i've already thought, pegged you as like a divination wizard because of your prediction skills right you're a barbarian on all of these streams you're a bard oh, because you're an entertainer and can sing it all through i mean what can't you do you're like a, a <laughs> quintuple so threat you're your own that's party
3: so funny. uh <laughs> that's so funny that you say that because my my adam he put out something on facebook and was like what d d are you you know that i and then i was like Oh, yeah, totally. You know, a wizard, he said, you misspelled Bard, Bard. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, um, I, I don't know. It's. Um, I really enjoy this. And I think I've learned through process of elimination, like, you know, just based on just survival, how to um, continuously grow and expand and not pigeonhole yourself, you know, because uh, I started as a ballet dancer. I thought I was going to be a ballet dancer. I danced professionally with ballet companies, and then I had a slight sprained ankle. I said, what do I do? I'll get into acting. So then I tried that, and I started to sing, and blah, blah, blah. And then you just – Try to build as many skills as you can and learn as much as you can so that literally when someone casts you, they're kind of blown away by the other things you can do because you want to bring so much to the table. Also, there's a lot of competition, especially today. I mean, everything is so accessible. you You know, you can do anything these days. So I think it's really important to just have a lot of things that you can do. Without losing the focus of what you want, does that right. make
1: sense? Yeah. yeah, it's like building your D and D character and just building. getting, you know, trained in different skills and like picking, right. you know, I want to be good at this. I want to be good at this. I study this. I do that. But in right. real life, I don't. I'm not really none of that. <laughs> well, what are you? What are you in real life? Uh, Greg and I were both. Um, we both have theater backgrounds.
0: Um, nice, I was nice, a theater nice.
1: major in college and um but I can't dance like mm. i i took i had to take a ballet class because they forced us to <laughs> and the teacher actually like stopped the class in the middle she all we had to do was like run across the floor and leap into the air and she right. stopped and she was like "You to me get back here and do that again and the, the pro, i i guess naturally when you Whatever arm is in front, that leg, the opposite leg is. Well, anyway, I was the opposite of what was supposed to happen. She's like, just naturally, people just do that. Like a baby would just (laughs) naturally move in this way that your body is just like not doing. Like you're. So I was like, okay my day i'm i'm done i'm not dancing anymore never danced again after that day
3: i, I think <laughs> i think you need to well you know maybe you were discovering a different way to do it than her point I mean, of view i mean it's or like art right it's art it's all subjective maybe i shelly i want you to take a dance class
1: i okay so i am like my um, my son was doing hip hop dance at in a summer camp. Like, yeah. I feel like like maybe I could d- do some of that. And you got to like, do it.
3: No, you no, gotta, no, 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 you got
1: to do it. Don't listen to the naysayers. That's you all I do. It. Greg knows that, right? Like mm-hmm. so, like I have like one bad experience. and I'm like I'm done. There's oh. other things I can. One
0: bad ballet try. teacher, and you're like. <laughs> yeah, no but I also do I also
1: can't sing. So like I I'm like I'm musically just like you know, we're just gonna spectate.
3: Well, this and who says, be a says you can't? I'm everyone has a voice, you know, like I, um, I had the same thing, you know, I had a dance teacher said, Oh, you'll never be able to lift those girls. You know, I was in musical instrument before I transitioned over to dance for, for the governor's school for the arts where I trained. And she said, you're going to be able to lift those girls. And I said, you just watch me, you know, and then I trained and I did it Yeah. and you just don't listen to them. And same with singing. I had people say, you can't sing, you can't rap. I put out four songs, you know? Screw you. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. hey, it's all subjective. Everyone talks, talks, talks until you show them with the work. Then uh, then you become, you, you do it so much that literally people can't deny you anymore.
1: Yeah. I like that. I, I, like
3: think, that. I think that's it with being an actress. The most important thing is being resilient, mm. you know, and just being relentlessly, like, re- it's the barbarian trait coming in being relentless when you're knocked down to zero HP saying no and shoving that fist up and coming back to one to win the battle.
0: That's the way to do it, right? I mean, there's so many barriers to entry on all these things. You don't need to create any barriers within yourself, right? Like that's the thing that (laughs) we always
3: do. Those are the biggest barriers. If you tell yourself, I can't do this you won't be able to because we have so much more power than we are given, and I think that's why D and D is so empowering because it lets us live these fantasies and lets us be powerful and strong and smart that we can't that society doesn't
1: necessarily want us to be. Mm. And it lets you take risks in a very safe way. You can right. just you know tr- try things that you would normally not. Be inclined to do in real life.
0: Just right. jump and over and that not chasm.
1: Not magic,
3: because right. you don't have
1: know how to cast magic. Well, chasm. I'm not
3: going to go jump off a building, <laughs> but maybe I can learn something from, yeah. you know, D and D character building and working with uh, with teams and being like, oh, let's. How do we fight this um, Yeti? You know, how do we go about strategizing and fighting this Yeti? It's like okay, uh, and then I can take those skills that I learned from that fight and then bringing into life. You know how do I build team? How do I work with people who I don't like uh, at moments? Or uh, that's that's the biggest challenge. You know, it's not people who we like working with; it's people we don't like that we can learn the most from.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. so I read something about you that was like, a li- I'm not going to lie, I was a little disturbed <laughs> uh, sure. Sure. <laughs> that you are a method actor.
3: Oh, where did you read that?
1: Well, I've just that I don't know if you are or you just were for that part that you played in Pledge.
3: Yeah, I, but, that was just for Oh that my role, god.
1: Yeah. But <laughs> that was that so you embodied this character outside of filming, that like even before filming began and that even when you met like the parents of some of your co-stars, you were still like fully in in character, which yeah. the disturbing part is the character that you played in that movie is like I feel like a, a tough character to be portraying all the time.
3: Yeah, it was actually a lot of fun. Okay, because <laughs> I, 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 I was I wasn't him like on the train or at home. It was within that environment, yeah. that safe environment. That was kind of his dominion. And I had talked to the filmmakers before and the producers and they were cool with it. You know, I didn't yeah, totally. overset my boundaries because you have to be careful with method. You can't get into some people have sent miscellaneous items to their co-stars. We all know who we're talking about here. You don't, you don't cross that line, you know, especially in today's thing, you want to make people feel safe and their boundaries right. that you set. But yeah, I was totally that character, and within those safe boundaries, uh, it was a lot of fun. It, it was reminded
1: fun. me so much of D anD. d Just like I'm like, fairly, mm. you were basically like, you yeah. were portraying your character, and you were yes. just you know embodied in the in the role play. I just thought that that was really cool. But yeah, the character,
3: I mean, oof, I'll kid. show up with the we uh, I have a cloak that I wear sometime Monday nights. You know, I have a cloak and I use Snapchat filters. Every time I rage, I do a Snapchat filter that oh, gives awesome. me like this Viking helmet and beard. And it's amazing. Nice. And uh it, it's just fun. It's fun. Like cosplay is a huge thing. I love Comic-Con and I can't wait for us to take um, Alpha Rift and D20 to the Comic-Cons when they open back up.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Do you find oh, that, yeah. that that actually do putting on the costume and embodying it in that way, like, changes your performance?
3: Absolutely. Uh, I'll give you an example. I didn't know who... I don't fully know who the character is and anything that I'm doing until I put on the full wardrobe. Like, I'm playing Mordred right now mm-hmm. in this Camelot thing, and I didn't know who he was until I put on his wardrobe, and his wardrobe is very Assassin's Creed. Mm. And I put it on, and I'm like, oh, this is him. Because that is the way the world perceives you, your wardrobe and all that stuff. And that helps you kind of blend into that mindset. You know, I think Sir Ian McKellen was talking about this, as Gandalf. He didn't really know till he put on the thing, and all of a sudden he was like, oh, there he is. You know, same with Nolan Parthmore and Alpha Rift. I didn't know what he was, and all of a sudden I put on you know, the Choose Your Weapon shirt and my hoodie and my watch and spiked my hair, then I was like, oh, he's kind of like Marty McFly. Mm. You know, so,
0: yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what's lost on some people where, uh, you know, they don't necessarily wear a costume piece or anything when they're playing Dungeons & Dragons. And, you know, I've heard from folks in the community that sometimes they uh they think that's only for show it's only for uh if you're doing a streamed game or something like that and they might disparage it but i think those type of of affectations whether they're you know elf ears or you know any type of thing that can just draw out some of the characteristics of a character just allows you to just embody it so much more it almost adds that a little bit of artifice to the role playing and so you're not just rolling dice and killing monsters you actually do end up having to uh make some choices as a character versus um, you know, sometimes the strategy game that people end up playing.
3: Totally agree. Totally agree. It puts you in that world and also helps with your own self expression. If yeah. you want to do it, then do it, you know? But I feel like sometimes uh, because of society, you know, we're not accepted to walk around with elf ears unless it's like, oh, you're specifically going to Comic Con or you're specifically Halloween, like, then it's socially acceptable. You wanna wear elf ears any day of the week, do it. Who
1: cares? We should all method act our characters. We
3: should all method act our characters and just walk around with a two handed axe. I'll see how long that lasts in New York. But no, no,
0: no. Not to that <laughs> yeah. extent, but
3: but yeah, like if you you know, if you wanna for You,
0: you know, know that's for, so-
3: for playing, then go for it. You know, In
0: some ways, we all do that, right? Isn't that what we do when we choose our wardrobes for ourselves?
3: Yeah, we're when cosplaying? you go to a job or interview, we're cosplaying you're cosplaying ourselves. that you're professional and yeah. put on a tie and you're acting more reserved. And Yeah, we're always acting. Everyone's to, always acting.
0: I worked at this uh, uh, theater, New York Theater Workshop in in, in New York, and oh, I was cool, the, cool, I was cool, a carpenter, cool. and so I was hanging out with more of the tech side of of, of folks, and Love the tech guys. I was wearing Mangos. a brimmed hat. I don't, I wasn't like a big wide brimmed hat like a Gandalf thing, but it was like a smaller one, and I was just wearing it that day, and I would wear it, you know, you know, two or three times a week. And the technical director there, he was a cool guy. He he went, you know, he was a performer in some ways and he did some clowning and things like that. But he was always like, Man, I just don't like people who wear hats. I always think that they're just it just, you know, you're just putting it on, you know, like then all of a sudden you're like a hat guy. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. How is that different from life, dude? Like, I mean, we have a, a coworker who rides his bike every day. Like, that's his identity. He's always got his bike with him. Like, what's the difference about me wearing a hat? He's like, he's like, I don't know, I just don't like it and i always and what you're just saying is like that exact same thing it's like some people we just make choices and it is who we are and that's no different than the person who wears dnd t-shirts all the time you know
3: 100% and you know what that guy probably was attacked by a bunch of hats when he was seven years old.
1: And he probably,
3: he probably was at like a lid store and he like went to reach for a hat and they all fell on him and now he's got a fear of hats, you know? We don't yes. know people's psyche. We don't
1: know, you know. He was jealous. Or somebody told him one day, you know what? You actually don't look good in hats. Right, and, right, right. And so he just was like, you know what? I don't look good in hats. I hate people who wear hats. I exactly.
0: love that we've created two separate backstories from this one little
3: anecdote. And, and, and there you go, two separate backstories. Great stories, exercise. Different interpretation of the character, you know. Again, yeah. 12 people, they're going to interpret it 12 different ways.
0: I love that. Yeah, I love that, good. too. And I think it's uh, its something that we bring. I mean, I think that's what makes us more healthy as D&D players in some ways, is that we can wear, you know, the more metaphorical different hats when you're playing a barbarian, you're playing a bard, you're playing a wizard. It, you get to show different parts of your personality they don't necessarily get you know to be out in the in the light of day
3: 100% 100% yeah. and you have more freedom because there's no pressure there's no mm. pressure you're mm. not trying to uphold yourself you're literally just playing and if we could adopt that to real life and find ways to take life less seriously and more playful i think we'd be much happier as a society
1: i agree
0: Spreading the good word. Yeah. I feel like this is the gospel uh, of D&D here.
3: Listen, the reality is we're all going to die one day. (laughs) It's true. It's going to happen, you know? So you might as well enjoy while you're here.
0: We are. And I have to keep reminding
3: myself that because I'll be complaining about stupid stuff, first world problems, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, what are you doing?
1: Do you remember in your life, like, when you were told to stop playing? Like, oh, when it when it was like, and I, I, I don't, I think about this a lot, though, like, at some point, like, just, you're told to go play, like, go play, go do something, use your imagination, use, and then at another point, right after, it seems like it switches and it's like stop playing like be like now you have to be serious and yet you're you're acting like a child and like but you just told me yesterday to go, to play. go play like wh- what point does it change that like we're told to stop playing to stop using our magic to like stop living in a fantasy world you know all of these phrases I've heard people say
3: I, I think it's um the older we get it, there's an easy it's easy to become more pessimistic about life because our eyes start to open up and start to see reality. And I think a lot of people can become very bitter by the things that have happened to them. And that's why it's, I think it's important for people to go out and play D&D, play games, take an acting class, take a dance class, do something artistic, something playful, to remind themselves to enjoy life. Uh, but I would say the age that me personally that happened was – I remember one time I was dancing and my brother was like, stop dancing everywhere and stuff. <laughs> I just kept dancing. I danced more. You know what I mean? <laughs> can't teach me. Can't put me in a corner. <laughs> you know? I'm going to dance. Dance is going to dance. You know, I just, I just want to dance. You know?
0: Nobody puts Aaron in a corner.
3: No one puts me in a corner, man.
1: You don't hold me. You don't control me. You know, you let
0: me, you I let
3: actually me.
1: went to Footloose. You guys both went to Dirty Dancing. I'm working
3: but- with the original i <laughs> Re- I'm working with the original Ren from Footloose, actually, right now. No way. King Arthur. Yeah, Jeremy Kushner.
1: Oh he's my rock- God.
3: He's our King Arthur, so I work opposite him every night. Yeah, it's really, really awesome. He's he's phenomenal.
0: Mm, that's cool. So yeah, you're you're based in, in New York City, right?
3: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Um, and so and this play is in the Hamptons, you said?
3: Yeah, yeah. So I'm actually on my off day coming into the city, take care of some business, do some ADR work for for a show after this, and then headed back out to the Hamptons for two and a half more weeks. Wow. That's
0: awesome.
1: How are they? In uh, in person, like with audiences and everything. In person with audiences. They're masked. You know,
3: like it's like live theater again. It's really cool.
0: Wow. Fantastic! I love uh that you're doing a Camelot too. Like that's such a I fun never
3: show. thought I would do Camelot. You know, <laughs> and, and it's a modern version of Camelot, which is really cool. Because oh. I don't know if you can tell, I'm very contemporary. <laughs> 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 I'm very contemporary. Um, yeah, it's it's really cool. I never thought when I got this audition, I was like Camelot, really. All right, you know, everyone in the cast says that. Actually, they're like this. I, I never thought in many years I'd do Camelot, but yeah,
0: uh, right. Especially after I, Spamalot, it feels like a parody right. of Camelot is going to be more <laughs> successful than the actual thing. <laughs>
3: uh, who knows? Man? Yeah, but it, it's actually been selling really well, man. You know,
0: and it's a modern staging. You said is it like, it's like uh, it's a
3: it's a modern staging. It uh, it definitely has its you know roots in the original. Um. Julie Andrews came and saw our show. Dame Julie Andrews. What? Yeah, got to meet Dame Julie Andrews. Richard Kine was there. The director is Scott wow. Schwartz. And his dad, Stephen Schwartz, came and saw the show. And, you know, so we've had some really amazing people come to see it and, and love it. So, Wow. That's nice to get that validation, you know, because it's like, what are we doing over here? Is it good? You know?
0: Right? <laughs> so, but Mary so, Poppins uh, likes it, so you should be good. Yeah,
3: what are the odds, man?
0: What was that like? I mean, she's such a, I mean, my kids have gotten into Sound of Music and Mary Poppins over the last uh, uh, pandemic time. So what's that like seeing her?
3: uh, Well, her granddaughter is actually in the cast. So she's she's really making her proud. Um, It was a, uh, you know, when you, when you meet these people that you've seen on TV and film and stuff, it's, it's very surreal, you know, and especially someone of her caliber and stuff um but you're also reminded that they're they're just people you know what i mean amazing people but they're just they're just people and she's very grounded and um she just had nothing but great things to say about the show and it was really interesting to hear her experience about the show because we were like in this rush to get the show together in two weeks and it was a little stressful she talked about how there it took three directors before opening night like, literally, one had a heart attack and something else. And I'm like, is the show cursed or something? You know what I mean? So it was really cool to hear that from her. Um, and apparently, in the show, not in our version, because we're doing the learner and low version, which is condensed, mm. their version is four hours long. Oof. Ours is only two, thank God. Uh, and apparently in their show, they had live animals that would, like, take a crap on the stage. Oh, my God. And they had to, like, step over the crap. And this is Broadway, guys, you know? Like, (laughs) literally, there's crap on the stage. And literally, they're having to step over the crap. (laughs) And it's like, oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, so everyone laughed at that part, so, um...
0: I, yeah. I mean, I love what you said though. Like they are just people, I and mean, it's something that people, you know, you don't, you know, every once in a while we'll interview folks for, you know, like we're interviewing you and people are like, oh man, what's Aaron Dalla Villa like? And I'm like, well, he's just a person, you know, he's just a <laughs> fan.
3: I'm just a person, man, who just I, honestly, <laughs> the, the, the interviews and the red carpet and stuff, that's five percent. You know, want to know, I'm, most of my time is spent in my room working on the script you know cuz the 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 work is in the audition the work is in the audition and the training and the classes the the vacation is in the book job the vacation is in being able to come on dragon talk the vacation is in the press you know what i mean so yeah. that that is the the reaping what you sow sort of thing yeah i'm just a, i'm just a hard worker
0: um, love that i love that and it
1: shows yeah, thank you
0: I think so, more D&D people who, oh, I'm sorry, Shelly, go ahead.
1: Nope, you go.
0: I was just going to say, you know, I mean, I think that's something that we can, uh, you know, bring to the, the, the community, right? The D&D community, right? Like that everybody is just putting in the work and making sure that it's, you know, accessible for everyone and getting work out there and, and uh, you know, trying to shine a light on why this is important for folks is, is, is what everyone is trying to do. So I, you know, commend you for that.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. I think at the end of the day, everyone just wants to have a good game. Mm-hmm. You know, however, however they go about doing that, they just want to have a good game. So. Yeah. I'm really curious, Shelly, about this poster that's in your apartment. What is this? A squid? What, what what's going on over here? Which the pink the, the elephant? He's an, the, an oh, elephant that's an elephant. Here. Got that's a pink it. Pink elephant. That is amazing. Did you do that? Yeah. Uh, that's amazing. I didn't,
1: and I feel I, I, you're a lot of people ask, Did you paint that? Oh God, where'd it? you get that? And yeah. I'm embarrassed to say, I bought it at Ross.
3: Hey, Ross, <laughs> just for the but I like Somebody. the hustle, the hustle size. Thank though, you, uh, thank yeah. you
1: very much. Yes, I, I, I love elephants, they're like, yeah. you know, they're they just make me happy. Nice. nice. Um, so I was going to ask you about DMing. Is that something that you do as well, or you do you mostly uh, take on the role of player?
3: I mostly take on the play, role uh, player. You know, I eventually I will DM a game, but mostly role playing right now. Yeah. yeah but I actually, actually is DMing. Our DM's amazing. Uh, he's able to do so many characters. You're able to do so many. He'll throw on accents sure, too. too. He's a, he's amazing. He's an amazing actor.
1: It's a good role for an actor. For that
0: reason, yeah. especially a voice actor, right? You can just yeah. put on different,
3: put on different voices and play them and stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. And then you get to play the bad guy, right? So, like, I mean, I assume in Pledge you were you were one of the bad guys, right? No, so that's, not at all. <laughs> me, the bad
3: guy, no, yeah. no, not at all.
0: But that's, no. I mean, that's a way to. I mean, like I said, everyone is playing the hero generally, but then you can you can flex those muscles with a villain uh, sometimes while dungeon mastering, which is super fun.
3: Well, yeah, and also, especially when villains, when you're playing villains, you're always the hero of your story. You're not right. playing the. Vi- you're not a villain. You're the hero of your story. You, you know, you, you think that what you're doing is right. You know, do like you? Max was basically doing. Yeah, Max was basically doing those things because he was trying to get the approval of his father and of the cryptea mm-hmm. so that he could get into the cryptea and into that secret society and have the life that. Was promised to him, so his the whole thing was in order to get into the crypta. You have to treat these people like absolute less than human dog dirt, and uh, sacrifice them.
1: (laughs) Spoiler spoiler alert! But now we (laughs) know his motivation, so it's not
3: that bad. Spoiler alert! like especially with Mordred, you know, you're playing these despicable characters, and I'm trying to find ways to uh, humanize him and. You know, I, I really found a way to humanize him that he comes in for the love of his father and he doesn't get it. And mm. you see this guy, King Arthur, who's this perfect king who won't even love his bastard son, but chooses to love Lancelot, who's this random knight who's sleeping with his wife. And literally you're like, well, this is BS. So then you you turn his kingdom against him and his actions feel warranted. They feel justified. So I've 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 worked that as opposed to coming in and being like mm, I'm the bad guy. Mm, Where's my mustache tattoo? <laughs> you. Yeah, you know which you know I look back on my work and pledge. Listen, I'm never satisfied about the work I do. I can always nitpick it apart, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. It's something for me to look back and say yeah, that was what I did at that time. And I've learned from that experience like that. I go back to pledge and there are moments in pledge where I'm like, ah, I wish I played this moment differently, but that's all part of the growing experience. Kind of like D and D like, oh man, I wish I didn't do that move. You know, I wish we didn't go there kind of thing, you
0: know? <laughs> I rolled the one. Uh, yeah. Wish I'd really r- not r- done r- that.
3: Rolling a natural <laughs> one is never good. Never good, man. Especially in the worst moment we got attacked by a group of goblins And I just kept rolling bad, man. It was just awful. And my buddy was using the dice rolling app. I said, what are you doing using a dice rolling app, man? Get some dice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Don't you know those things are rigged, man? We all all
3: have dice, by the way. By the way, just making sure that I make that clear. We all have dice. But yeah, literally, he's on the dice rolling app. I said, what are you doing, man? (laughs) We need you. You're messing with the randomness
0: of the world.
1: Yeah, you gotta... There's just something about the... Rolling the physical uh, hit hearing them hit the table and just waiting to see what comes up
3: yeah and I got a dice tower now so oh, oh you get the clickety-clackety. Oh, dice. oh yeah I love it I got a dice tower it's nice I like to pour myself a little pomegranate juice get a little snack and put on my cape and let's play some D and d yeah. Know?
1: Turn, I can turn day. the
3: lights down and, like, make it purple in my room and put on, like, this this weird, like, blue with green around my apart to make it look like stars on my wall. Yeah.
0: In the pandemic, you, sometimes you need to go to a fanciful whole new world.
3: Uh, oh, yeah. Always, man, because you got to keep that creative center open. You know that we were talking about, you know, when do you lose being a kid? Um, there's this gland that we have in our brains called the pineal gland. Pineal mm. gland. It's a pine cone shape. And if you foster it through meditation and artistic sensibilities and stuff, you'll stay more creative and intuitive. You know, I really believe in this stuff, in the chakras and the energy crystals and, and stuff. I've had some weird divine moments, weird stuff. Like uh, I had a vision about me going to a festival in Los Angeles and, um, Little did I know that two films I have coming out are going to the same festival, uh, well, going to the same venue, different festivals in Los Angeles. You know, Alpha Rift will be premiering at uh, Dancing with Films at the end of August. And then that movie that night will be premiering at TCL Chinese Theaters in, in either September or early October. You know, mm-hmm. And I had a vision of me walking into that venue again. No. call me crazy, crazy. Call no, me crazy. I won't. So, listen some people do some people are like oh he's crazy whatever and stuff but that just means they're not
1: taking the time to try to understand me
3: I'm just a guy I, with a lot of energy
1: I love all of that crystals, the energy, vision board I'm staring at my vision board right now <laughs> nice
0: um, shout out and to vision boards
1: the, and so I um, I have visited many psychics I love mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. Um, my mom had like a lot of Psychic energy, like she was also like you with the visions and just like, she would just be like, I wonder how Gal is. And then the phone would ring and she was like, that's Gail. I I just like, she would just know those things, things like that. But um, I get a sense, this hap- like this is my thing. I can, I know when somebody's pregnant. Mm. I don't know why. I don't know how, like all, I will just like be talking to someone and I'm like oh they're gonna have a baby and then I will find out a few weeks later they're like guess what we're pregnant and I'm like I know I know that this has happened to me I dozens and dozens of times I just it just pops into my head I'm like that person's pregnant and I'm I don't I don't have a hundred percent confirmation because I sometimes I never see that person again I don't know (laughs) if they really were but Mm. I like I get a feeling then I just like I feel very confident Nice, 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 nice. That, that's the only thing I can divine about people. Nice.
0: So. Are you getting a sense <laughs> about me right now, not, no. wow.
1: Greg? Wow. We need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I got some news for you.
3: Arnold Schwarzenegger is yep. not
0: the only man who can be pregnant. Right.
3: I'm also really, I'm also really good at telling if people like coffee. You know, like I can tell if people like coffee. Like literally, I walk into a Starbucks and I'm able. <laughs> I'm able to tell immediately. Like, like whoa,
1: <laughs> this place is filled with coffee lovers. Yes, my actually, visions. I like
0: tea only. I only come in here for the tea.
1: <laughs> that's a, that's amazing, though. That's amazing. I though. like their breakfast sandwiches too. Um, no, I these are vision. This is a feeling I got There you go. He's
0: got the breakfast sandwich Bef- ready to go.
1: Before the person is showing, I'm not like <laughs> actually like hanging out at a pee in the pod in the mall and being like, <laughs> hey, I got a feeling. <laughs> I can see you. I can see you in the stall
3: like hiding out in the women's bathroom <laughs> like jumping over the stall and being like,
1: hey, you sur- pregnant? Like, I got a <laughs> surprise. You're not going to believe this. I just have a feeling. <laughs> oh pregnant. my God. You're going to have that, a baby.
3: That's a scene in a comedy show right there. Hey,
1: you're pregnant. uh, Guess what?
3: I just get these
0: feelings. (laughs) They're picking out baby clothes. Uh,
1: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. heading into their their uh, ultrasound office. I'm like, guess what? This is so weird. (laughs) Just have a feeling. Um, Once I I went to see a psychic, and um, prior to that, my mom took me to like Macy's or something, and I sprayed myself with perfume for some reason. Mm. And then I went. We were at a psychic fair, and the psychic I got was um, allergic. To perfume and she was like oh oh god oh and, and I didn't want her to like stop the reading and she goes are you wearing perfume and I said no and I feel like I am like five inches away from her and I am covered in like tea rose perfume and I was like no I'm not at all and then she eventually like did have to just leave and cut the reading short and my mom was like You lied to a psychic. Like you can't do that.
3: (laughs) I want to know what the reading said, though. (laughs) Like, did did perfume just keep coming up in the reading?
0: I don't. Or being a liar. Or being a big big,
1: liar. I'm getting a sense that nothing about you is true.
0: You're a deceptive person.
1: Yeah. How does I, she know? How does she know? And at I that like, point, you just have to keep lying. Yeah, no, that's not. You must be picking up on someone else's vibe, not me. <laughs> nope. They, you
0: know what that sounds braving. like? That that sounds like a D and D group trying to convince a guard that they're not uh, going to do anything
1: and just untoward
0: the in the village
1: on the deception <laughs> check. Oh, nope. <man>. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're good. We're good here. Yeah. Been there. Well,
0: Aaron, I'm very excited you were able to come in uh, uh, you. while you were rehearsing for, for Camelot. That's really exciting. Uh, where are, I mean, we talked about so many cool things that you're doing. What's a good place for everybody to go check out all the fun stuff?
3: Oh, man. Uh, at uh, my Instagram is the best thing to follow me. It's at Aaron Dalla Villa. Uh, check out the D20 music video. Just look up D20 Alpha Rift Tribute on YouTube. Uh, and check out Alpha Rift, alpha Those are the best, three best things.
1: All I can't right. Wait. And that's going to be debuting on August 31st. Yes.
3: Yeah, so, August 31st uh, for Dances with Films Festival at the TCL Chinese Theaters. Uh, tickets are available now. So, you go on alpharift.com. You'll be able to see both the D20 music video and a ch- teaser uh, trailer cool. for D20, no, for Alpha Rift, as well as t- a link to get tickets. Uh, and it will be coming out later this year. Uh, you will be able to see it. Very sweet.
0: That's awesome, man. And have fun. And if anybody's in Long Island, go see Camelot in uh Bridgehampton. Yeah, Bridgehampton. Yeah. You might see
1: Julie Andrews, too. Hey, Isn't you it? might see Julie Andrews. That's right, <laughs> man. You never know. Big fan. We're still Julie trying Andrews to get and Richard. Richard kind approved. Yeah, right,
0: oh. right, right. That's so Amazing. great. Awesome, man. Well, great talking to you. Go ahead. You know, it's
3: you know, it's real quick. Um, in the in the show Camelot, they talks about how Merlin turns uh, Arthur into a hawk. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a hawk shows up to our set. Stop it! I'm not God. even kidding. Like literally, we're doing an outdoor space, right? So it's an outdoor theater space. You know, it's like we're like an outdoor with lights, and then when it gets dark, it's beautiful, and you see the moon and stuff. There's a hawk that literally shows up, and it's like landed on our set and been in the trees okay. and has watched our show several times. Like uh, yeah, that's it's crazy. It's Merlin. Merlin is watching our show.
1: People in the audience are like, these props are amazing.
3: I know, but if <laughs> someone actually said that they're like, did you hire an animal to fly off at the top of the show? And they're like, no, that's just Merlin. He just shows up. Sometimes. Oh no, yeah. he's a big fan. I think oh, you got so a druid.
0: You got a druid it's in your so cast.
3: Oh cool, man.
0: Yeah, wild shaping into real Hawk. magic.
3: Real magic going on, you know. Well, I think that's what we do as artists, you know, or d d players. We really create that sort of when we open ourselves and we're vulnerable and community. We can real create real magic. I really believe that.
0: Yeah. yeah, especially in a place like that. I mean, how cool is it to have its outdoor space? You know, you can kind of suspend your disbelief even more um, and, and create that magical storytelling that you can only really have in a theater. Uh, that's That's amazing, dude. I can't wait.
3: I, I love it, man. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Awesome. All right, dude. Well, awesome stuff. Keep rolling, and we'll get you behind the DM screen sooner or later.
3: Awesome. Yeah, definitely. Greg, Shelley, thank you so much for having me. This was Thank you
1: for being here. It's been great talking to you.
0: I loved Aaron's energy throughout this entire interview. What a fun, excited D&D creative.
1: Um, We need, uh, yeah, he needs to come back because I have more questions now. Yeah. How cool. I love that he gets so excited and passionate about a project and then like, I'm just going to make a music video and comes up with this amazing song. Yeah. It's very fun. If you haven't tuned in to listen uh, and watch that video, please, everyone, make sure that you go and do that because it is just delightful.
0: And he's been playing with the cast of uh, the movie that he's working on, Alpha Rift, uh, every week. They're playing through uh, Rhyme of the Frostmaiden Mm -hmm. right now. And he doesn't have any bad things to say about Dungeons & Dragons. In fact, it's all good things, uh, yeah. and that's amazing.
1: Absolutely. what was a, a real treat. I enjoyed that a lot.
0: Me too. Uh, if you want to find yeah. out about what is going on in D&D's world, go to DungeonsAndDragons.com, check out the website, follow us on the socials at DND. Download Dragon Plus to your phone and check out that content on dragonmag.com. Sign up for the newsletter and get all of the fun stuff that's happening in Dungeons & Dragons world. Happening in your world, too.
1: Yes. It's a great idea.
0: Where can people follow you, Shelley Mazenoubel?
1: Well, you can follow me on the Twitters or the Instagrams at Shelley Moo. Speaking of Shelley Moo. Yeah. Yeah. When you uh, open up your copies of The Wild Bee on the Witchlight yes. and you read it, just remember Shelley Moo. That's all I'm going to say.
0: Just give a little think on that.
1: Just think about it.
0: Think anyway. on the Moo.
1: What about you, Greg Tito?
0: Greg underscore Tito. <laughs> Greg Tito on Twitter, as you say, and Greg underscore Tito on Instagram. Follow my fun little Star Trek The Next Generation rewatch podcast at TNG on Twitter or just look for where you get Dragon Talk. Uh, search for ReEngage. We're in the second season. We just listened to a uh, fantastic episode called The Measure of a Man. It's the basis of so many of Star Trek stories to come, including season one of Picard that just went on. So it's a good time as any to jump into some excellent sci-fi television from 1989 and remember how old we were. And, yeah, and or young we were in 1989. We were young.
1: We were babies. We were Just...
0: very, very tiny chitlins then. Yep. Uh, but now we are all grows up, and it is time to see what is occurring with Drunky Two Shoes on her adventures Aww, in water deep. She most recently was given the task to head to the South Ward, to the Garrulous Grocer, where uh, Leril Silverhand, the open lord, believes there is an enclave of doppelgangers organizing to overthrow the lords of Waterdeep. And you hired a carriage uh, to take yourself, your brother Daryl, Two Shoes, and Samson, the fighter, who is also a harper, uh, to the South Ward. You passed by a guild hall for the um, amazing, wonderful, watchful order of magists and protectors.
1: That's uh, right.
0: One of them happened to be out, or a group of them were outside. One of them was smoking a pipe watching uh, this carriage go by. Drunkie uh, was casting Minor Illusion, uh, one of her wonderful cantrips, uh, in order to clean up the smell caught the eye of one of these uh, wizards who decided to start yelling and tell them to stop casting magic in such a way. Shelly, t- or drunkie took that upon herself to continue to cast more minor illusions uh, almost in the vein of Snapchat filters uh, as right. well as available for parties. <laughs> a big sign that said that. <laughs> in the midst of all of it, uh, the carriage went around a corner and it... Toppled to the side, and you failed your balance dexterity check. uh, And have tumbled onto the street, and three wizards, a uh, human who has been yelling at you the most, a human woman, uh, an elf, and a halfling are all uh, in different colored wizard's robes, and they've just run up and caught up to you, and you're on the ground kind of smarting from uh, four points of damage from falling off the wagon that is now... I will
1: never stay on the wagon, just FYI. (laughs) (laughs) My name is not Drunky Two-Shoes, but nothing. Uh, Okay, I'm going to stand up, dust myself off, and go, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is why you should not do magic. Am I right? Am I right, people? Am I right? And then I hold up a sign that says magic is for losers. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Another minor illusion sign that says "magic is for losers." Yep. Uh, all right. So then, these three wizards kind of you know, run up to you. They were they were using their flotation devices to kind of get to you, but now they are on their feet, uh, and they're all saying, "What do you mean, magic is for losers?"
1: Oh, that's a typo. <laughs> it's supposed to say. Magic is for boozers. <laughs> Where is Samson at this point? And my They're in the carriage?
0: They they didn't they they don't know that you've fallen out uh, quite yet.
1: There are they still moving? Like the They're carriage? Still moving. Is just... Yeah, the
0: carriage is still moving away from you. Uh, okay, and this so... wizard? Uh, the she's a woman, uh, blonde, blue eyes, uh, wearing a very fancy uh, pink robe with a little bit of frills. Uh, and she, uh, it seems to be the spokesperson for this group, and says, uh, "Boozers, what does that mean?"
1: Allow me to introduce myself. I am Drunky Two Shoes, and I extend—I do like a little fancy bow.
0: Um, they are unimpressed, uh, but the wizard in front says, "I am Locasta of the North."
1: Oh, pleasure. To meet you, and you have a good day. And I take off. <laughs>
0: uh, not quite, uh, not quite yet. Drunk. My ride is
1: leaving. My uh, ride is leaving. Good day. Good day.
0: And uh, you hear her say, "Evanora, please." And Evanora, uh, the halfling uh, woman, casts a uh, hold person spell on you. Can uh, I which resist? you recognize, because you're you're <laughs> a, enough of a magic user to to know, uh, and you uh, hold, uh, you know, have to have to stay still for a second. You are, requ- and Locasta continues. You are required by the law and the bylaws of the Watchful Order of magists and Protectors to register. Any magic user must register in the Waterdeep, okay. uh, and it is up to us in order to. Uh, keep this city safe from nefarious wizards.
1: Absolutely. Can you um, let me go, please, here? It's just a simple misunderstanding. Um, perhaps you've heard of Ms. Silverhands?
0: Are you referring to Laurel Silverhand?
1: I am indeed.
0: I Maybe do you know who dis- she is. That is correct. Give her,
1: give her a call and just say, we've accidentally detained drunky two shoes. She sends her best.
0: I fail to believe that she
2: the most mission. powerful
0: wizard uh, here in the city would have you as a cohort.
1: Oh. Go ahead. Call her.
0: In the meantime, you must register with us while we make this communication.
1: Okay. What does that entail?
0: Uh, You must make your powers be known. Allow us to uh, instruct you on safe uses, uh, especially of charm magic within the city. Mm -hmm. And uh, we must know that you must declare yourself as a good-aligned wizard whom will come to the city's aid if necessary.
1: That is literally what I'm doing for Miss Silverhands. Actually... (laughs) If you un, if you just let me go, I can show you something.
0: Or actually, um, go ahead,
1: reach into the robe of my pocket. Go on, reach in there.
0: She she does. She actually she seems I to. I
1: may have stolen some silverware from the silver hands.
0: So she reaches in and she touches metal, and she's like, "This must, this should not be a trick."
1: No, 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 not at all.
0: Um. And she pulls out a silver fork. I stole and that from this is meant to prove what now?
1: That, I, that's, that belongs to Laryl Silverhands. I was just at her house. She fed me. I, we had food, we had drink, and she employed me. And my brother, and I need to go. Because I am, I am working right now.
0: Uh, she looks at the fork and says, this only proves that you are a common thief and are using your magical powers for larceny. I didn't use
1: magic to take that. I just took it with my paw.
0: That remains to be seen. Come, bring her with us into uh, our guild hall.
1: Can I use my, am I in combat? Can I use my feline agility to get the hell out of here?
0: Uh, Well, I can. I kind of hand wave that. uh, But um, what does feline agility do?
1: Uh, I would just, well, it just doubles my speed. I guess I should have used that before when I was trying to run away. <laughs> right.
0: Uh, they um, start walking with you uh, towards the guild hall, which is only am about I, a block or two away.
1: Am I still being held?
0: You are, yes. What do you want to do?
1: I'll just go with them.
0: All right, well, roll me a... Oh, okay. Well, if you, if you want to try to break out of it, roll me a saving uh, throw. A saving throw? A
1: saving throw?
0: Yeah, wisdom uh, saving throw.
1: See what happens.
0: Let's see what happens.
1: Um, crit at it.
0: <laughs> Real? Yeah. All right. So With my bonus. You, that's
1: a twenty-two.
0: You, uh, you're like, no, I'm not going, and and you break out of it. You are no longer under the sway of the of the spell.
1: Okay. I'm, what do you do? I'm gonna beat feet. I'm out. Peace out.
0: Okay, so they turn and think you're coming. You're you're going to be brought with them, and then you basically break out of the spell and start running away. Yeah. And Locasta says, "I'll find you, Drunky Two Shoes. If it's the last thing I ever do."
1: That's not my real name. (laughs) 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 Who would believe it? That somebody's name is actually Drunky
0: Two Shoes. I, who would believe it for reals? Uh, all right, well, you are running after the carriage, and we'll pick it up next time.
1: I'm scared.